and welcome to the 64th episode of In The Between. My name is Nadia. And this is Danny. And today we're going to talk about Singapore fashion because it's um, Singapore's birthday month. And actually it's been a really weird month because for the first, I think for the first time, the Singapore National Day Parade was postponed. So our birthday is 9th August, um, but then it was postponed to this past Saturday, what was that date? 21st August, yeah, that's right. Um, so I think it's quite timely that we're only tackling this right now. And Danny will take us away with the magazines she just bought to yeah. talk about like all these editorial decisions to yeah. sell Singapore fashion. Yeah, so I think a really great way to look at how National Day is commemorated in the fashion industry is to always look at the August issues of uh, local publications. So today we are, I mean, for our short podcast, we decided to focus on these three English uh, fashion magazines. And the reason why we chose these three, uh, I mean, they have some of the longest um, heritage in publishing in Singapore. I mean, her world has been around since June 1960. Wow. Yeah, so it's like an institution and uh, we're female and Men's Folio, I think, was one of the first like men's uh, magazines, fashion magazines. Um, and they all have treated national fashion and like Singapore fashion in a different way. So we're going to talk about that today. Yeah. Maybe well, we- I only have one copy because I'm, I don't know why it's blurred. Oh, yeah. did I do something to my copyright? I think I blurred my background, sorry. <laughs> um, but oh, so mysterious. What is, what is it? I'm holding it my, in my face. Yes, there you go. Um, yeah. I only have this because I appear in this. <laughs> I only bought this. Um, but female has been around since the mid-1970s as well. So it's also a really like long um, running title. Well, I, I, loved, I loved the articles in here and I'll tell you more about that. Mm. Um, and I think it's just like this idea of like how they managed to do nostalgia without doing nostalgia, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So for example, one of the articles that I really enjoyed um, as a super fan of like Singapore fashion in the 2000s, is this um, article on Jonathan Xiao who did Woods and Woods. Mm. Um, anyway, I love that his photo is like over this terrazzo floors, which are like oh. my house. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Carlos um, the, um, did the interview with him and did all these like really amazing photographs and showing both a mixture of like archive images um, process as well as like a, a little capsule collection that he recently did and um, the the um, the text is really good as well and um, it just brought me back to those times of like being um, at all at all these local designers as a student in the 2000s and I mean the the cover itself uh, was really cool because they have yeah, I think they're one of the only covers that have Singapore fashion uh, worn by the models. So mm-hmm. we've got three very young labels. Uh, the Young, who's run by Fushu, our just graduated student, um, Fast Bender and Melancholy, and Youth Simbala Clava. And um, we have we can see some familiar faces like our students and um, so it's really like young and youthful and like giving a voice to the next generation of fashion. Yeah, I agree with you. I like that it's 
very inclusive. Um, they call it the great SG fashion book. And, um, you know, I mean, just from my personal experience, because I, I appear, well, a quote of mine appears in this issue. And Carlos King, who was the one who interviewed me, I thought that his questions were really nuanced and well-researched. He really tried to, oh, thank you. Yeah, he really tried to understand what I was doing and what I would like to do in the future. And I thought, you know, it, it wasn't just like paying lip service to like, oh, what is fashion? You know, it wasn't on the surface. It's kind of like what we want to do with FAM, really. And I felt, you know, really drawn to this magazine. I mean, um, even though my research is in magazines, especially in her world, right? I find myself not <laughs> towards magazine um, reading for leisure in recent times, but this was quite different. I found myself like kind of leafing through everything, really reading what people were thinking, what people were doing. Um, and you're right, like the way that they were looking back wasn't really about looking back per se, right? It wasn't just like, oh, you know, yesteryear, how glorious, golden age but more like, hey, you know, there was something going on there and it still continues to today. And there's some sort of like a forward going momentum that's really nice in this particular issue. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Danny's muting herself because there's some construction going on above her, her apartment, but it's okay, you can talk now. I think we can just like allow for some background noise. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, right before we move on to the next magazine, I also wanted to point out um, there's a nice um, interview with Josiah Chua, and you might recognize this name from an article I did for them. So um, lots of like goodies in terms of like more images of um, 2000s designers. So that's really great. So this was a really nice issue um, that kind of goes into, con it's a nice capsule into fashion and, and the hopefulness of the next generation of fashion practitioners. Um, yeah. maybe and I, I wanted to say also, if you don't, you're unable to get a hold of this, okay, we're like talking as if we have a really international audience, but <laughs> for those of you who are not in Singapore and you would like to find out more, they're actually putting up like quotes and images on their Instagram account, like Female Singapore. So you can also look at that if you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I guess for the next one, we'll go into a men's fashion magazine. So we have Men's Follow here who has done a really extensive cover of like three different covers, but you can have all of them at once as well. And um, I, I, did, I do see very clearly this move towards like representing different um, diversities of people in, in the covers. And they are all like, people who contribute to our entertainment scene in Singapore. And I guess one of the, I mean, apart from the fact that um, I'm here as well. Yes, let's talk ourselves, go for it. That's really cool. And like, um, I'm with like really cool people like uh, Prashant, who is over at Independent Cinema, um, the projector. So the, um, I really enjoyed reading the art, the, the little interviews that they did in terms of like different industries and what do they see in their industries and seeing some parallels with, let's say, film and fashion in Singapore. And of course, um, another favorite of mine is this uh, editorial. So I don't think that the cover has Singaporean fashion. I might be wrong. Um, I couldn't find the credit for that. But um, we have this editorial called An Army of Me by uh, Kendrick Chu and Yuan Kun, who are 
our alumni and students. So that's really cool. And it's featuring again, uh, the young. So the young um, it has been in female and is also here. Um, treated in a different way, of course, and, and they've also included graduate students' work. So, for example, this is uh, one of my just graduated students, um, Heyun, who, who was looking at the idea of protective fashion. So it's really cool to see that in the magazines, and it's nice that they'll be immortalized forever. Yeah. <laughs> Could you share what you, you said in the magazine? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's quite a few questions like um, talking, it's, it's quite worthy, very me, uh, but it's talking about um, the fashion industry from my point of view as a fashion educator and fashion brand owner and through my work, um, my writing and um, my work with Stubborn Bloom. So that's yeah. that. And last but not least, we end with her world. Mm -hmm. Which uh, you must be very well versed with. I mean, you dedicated a lot of time to yeah study. i mean although I, I like i admitted earlier i don't really read magazines for leisure anymore like recent magazines i prefer them old and you know just like that nostalgia thing really appeals to me um but looking at this cover i mean of course they paid attention to the fact that singapore turns 56 is at the top right corner right um but there's a controversial figure on the cover of course i mean it's um, <laughs> it's Kim Lim, um, who is the daughter of the tycoon, Peter Lim. Am I, am I correct saying this? I hope I'm right. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, you know, like you said, we are quite sensitive to representation. So with this particular cover, that's great that she's on the cover. But, you know, I think it would have been um, a little more interesting to us if she's wearing Singapore fashion just for that representation. Uh, but of course, her world is not um, a fashion magazine per se. It's a women's magazine. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's all we can say about that. Um, what do you have inside the magazine that you can talk about? So, I mean, they did, as you said, it's more of a women's magazine. So the fashion is not the, the only thing that they cover. So some of the features that they did were with, for example, also it's a more mature audience, I, I can yeah. see. So some of the features were like with MPs and um, members more, of parliament. Yeah, more mature women, but also like young startups that um, not right. necessarily with fashion, but like um, also talking about, I guess, sustainability and the changes in like, what type of business enterprises young Singaporeans or like um yeah are, are starting up with so you've got like and of course uh Ling, shout out to Ling shout out to Ling um talking about contemporary leather bags so I guess about business women entrepreneurs uh, yeah women's lives in that way and um um they also did that feature like Singaporean brands like um beyond the vines so yeah they have that but other than that, I mean, the fact that the cover is a Prada garment, it's not so much, it's, yeah, it's a different type of approach, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I guess that also, I mean, um, points to how the Singapore woman is a cosmopolitan woman, right? And in her wardrobe, you don't just have Singapore fashion, but also like global um, names. So I guess that is quite reflective of like the dressing habits, um, aspirational or real of women living in Singapore. Um, but I want what I wanted to really take from this episode that we are we're doing right now is I think, you know, it's so encouraging 
that the magazine editors are looking to fashion schools in Singapore to try to like get talent to feature. Um, because I, I think in the past couple of years, I've gotten quite a number of requests from editors to just be like, hey, do you have students who are doing this or that we want to feature? Um, and I've certainly like sent on names from these requests before. And I thought it was really um, nice also to include like fashion educators' voices. Yeah. Um, so I mean, because we we got you know asked and, and I know that for example, Cersei, our head of school, gets asked to yeah, our photograph as well. Yeah, very often as well. And I, I think that's really nice because you know the fashion industry is right multifaceted with like lots of different participants. And it's really nice for them to kind of do a generational thing and also looking at different kinds of endeavors, not only business or design, but also like behind the scenes, like education and things like that. So that's been very encouraging to see. I agree. I think it's easy to think that it's a normal thing, but not all cities, not all industries are, are so open to including like um, academia and, and um, industry together. So that's yeah. great. <laughs> yes, on that note, thank you so much for watching or listening to us at In The Vitrine. Please follow us at Fashion & Market um, for more episodes and other content on fashion in Southeast Asia. Bye! Bye.